Again, I just want to say thanks for being here, and especially to the moms. And moms, we do have a flower for you, so on your way out, we'll have some people giving the moms a, a carnation this morning. Um, and so we just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you, moms, for all that you are, all that you do. Uh, moms truly are the best, right? They give so much of themselves um, for our families. And, and so we just want to say thank you, moms. Um, thank you for being who you are and the gift that you are. Uh, to us this morning and throughout the entire rest of the year as well. If you have a Bible, turn in your Bibles with me to the Song of Solomon. If you have a Bible app on your phone, you can turn there too to the Song of Solomon. If you're new with us this morning, we have been in a marriage series um, that is coming out of this little tiny book in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's really a song book. The Song of Solomon is like an eight-chapter song book. And we have been talking about marriage, looking at some principles for marriage that come from this book, the Song of Solomon. So Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15, is where I want to kind of park and land our time this morning. And we want to give you some time, hopefully, depending upon where we end today, to discuss some things there with people next to you. It's kind of, we're treating this this series more like a seminar or workshop, if you will, rather than a preaching. Um, so we do want to give you some time to maybe later in the, in the gathering to talk about some things, and we'll d- instruct you when that time comes. But Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. And the husband of this song is speaking, and he's speaking to his bride. And he says this in 2.15, he says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. For our vineyards are in blossom. And he goes on in verse 16, or actually now the wife speaks and she says, My beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. So Song of Songs, the the husband says to her, he says, Catch the foxes for us. Catch the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom. And as we think about this morning, it, as I was studying this, it, it led me to some passages in the New Testament. And I just want you to kind of see these on the screen, if you will. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in, in Ephesus, he said this, he said, And give no opportunity for the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. For your adversary, Peter writes now to the church, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I think that's important that we link this comment or this instruction from the husband with these passages of the New Testament writers relating to our true enemy. You see here, so far in the Song of Songs, we've heard the wife step out on stage and she sings the song and she steps out there first. And what we hear her singing is that God's heart for a wife is that a wife desire, declare, and affirm her love for her husband and to her husband. And so she sings that song and she steps out in the first and second chapters and sings and that's what we hear. We hear God's heart for the wife is that a wife desire, declare, and affirm her love for and to her husband. And then the husband steps out on stage and he sings a song. And what we hear from him and from his song is that God's heart for a husband is that a husband desire, declare, and affirm his love for and to his wife. And this morning, what I want us to do is I want to turn our attention now to this little instruction there in chapter 2, verse 15, 
that the Song of Songs husband says to his bride here at the close of chapter 2. Because what I believe he says here is so crucial toward experiencing a marriage relationship that God desires. It's crucial. Because he, he says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. And what he's doing here, I believe, is he's using this as a metaphor to describe his relationship with his bride. And that's really what we see throughout the Song of Songs is this picturesque, this beautiful imagery used to describe their marriage. And he refers to their marriage as a blossoming vineyard. And then he says, okay, so if our marriage is this blossoming vineyard, let's, let's catch the foxes. Let's catch the little foxes. Now, foxes were pesky creatures. They often creep in and damage vineyards. They would sneak their way in, eat the grapes, leaving the vineyard empty and ruined. And one commentary described foxes as this in in the ancient world. They said this, foxes are notorious for damaging vineyards. This was especially true in the ancient world. They were a common nuisance, a threat to the success of a crop. Silently attacking at night, they both ravaged the fruit and burrowed beneath the vines to destroy their root systems. Farmers often camped in the fields in an attempt to protect their crops from their sly creatures' destruction. And what, that, what I see here is this husband, when he says and gives this instruction, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes, it tells me he's not naive to the reality that there are enemies who want to destroy their vineyard. He knows that there's these undercover creatures, if you will, and he sees his relationship with his bride blossoming, but he knows that there's an enemy out there trying to ruin it trying to ruin what God has brought together because Jesus, the one whom we follow, said this. He said this about marriage. He said, therefore, what God has brought together, let no man separate. So this husband understands that he and his wife, he and his spouse, God is the one who has put them together. He knows that their marriage, their relationship is God sent. Regardless of how they feel about one another, God has brought them and placed them together. And so he understands this because this this statement of Jesus actually goes back to the very beginning of time back in Genesis. And Jesus is just quoting what God said, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And the husband here in the Song of Songs understands that there are enemies that are lurking that want to destroy this relationship that God has put together. And what we understand too is if we, as we read the the bride's song in chapter 1 and verse 6, we understand that she would... She worked in a vineyard, in her family's vineyards. So she would also have known the extreme danger foxes would prevent to a blossoming vineyard. So what we see here is not only does the husband know that there's enemies lurking about, the wife is aware that there are enemies lurking about their marriage vineyard, seeking to devour what God has brought together. And knowing this, the husband is the one that takes the initiative and says to his bride, let's catch him. Let's go fox hunting. Let's get these things. All right, let's, let's find out what they are. Let's identify these problems in our relationship. Let's identify them and deal with them. And so when the husband says this, he's not just playing around here. It's actually in the imperative, meaning that's a command. He's not messing around. He's saying, listen, this is not an option for us as it relates to our relationship. There are foxes out there trying to spoil our relationship, our marriage, and we're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of this now. And really, isn't that good wisdom when it comes to relationships? Identifying what the, those things that are creating conflict and problems and not letting them fester, but dealing with them immediately. 
Now, it's interesting to me that he addresses this specifically to the bride. And there are some differences of opinion as it relates to, is he saying this to both of them, saying, let's work on this together? Is he just addressing the wife here? We don't know for sure, but at least in this translation, it seems like he's specifically saying this to the bride to catch the foxes. Now, I'm not exactly sure why he addresses it to her, but I just wonder if maybe he is addressing it to his bride specifically because she's the one that would be more aware of those foxes in the relationship because of her experience of working in the vineyard. Or maybe just as a woman, the way God has gifted her and made her, she has a quicker sense to those things, trying to spoil their love, spoil their love. and maybe as a man, we're just kind of slow to realizing what those things are. All right, if we're honest, we can admit that. All right, I'll admit that. I mean, we don't know for sure, but I know this from my own marriage with, with Andrea for almost 22 years, is that she is the one who is quicker to understand and to identify the foxes in our relationship. She is. She's just usually the one that's quicker to say, hey, I'm sensing this conflict. I'm seeing this. Let's deal with it. Let's deal with it now. Or I'm not, I wish I was more discerning in that way, but God has gifted her in that way. She's able to discern those things that are just creating isolation or conflict between the two of us. But I think what we need to see here really is that both the husband and the bride have this awareness and this intentionality to catch the foxes. And so they want to do this so that they can experience God's best for their marriage relationship. And I believe that awareness and intentionality is critical to experiencing a marriage like we read of in the Song of Songs. And so they're intentional together about catching the foxes. And listen, we have to be the same. We have to be just as intentional because it is a slow fade, a slow fade to a marriage that's left in ruins. It is. Sometimes there's that quick thing where somebody makes a horrible decision, rash decision, and the marriage is left in ruins. But usually, as someone said, a big fall begins with a little stumble. A big fall begins with a little stumble. And couples, when you, when you, don't, you don't stand before God on your wedding day, I don't think, Intending to cheat, <laughs> all right? You don't stand there across from your soon-to-be bride or soon-to-be husband and intending that this is going to end or hoping things end in divorce. But one of the reasons why I think many relationships struggle and there's conflict is because we don't take the time, as this husband and wife do, to catch the foxes, to identify those things in our relationship that are attempting to spoil what God has brought together. Someone said, many of us Christians do not recognize the little foxes that are hindering and ultimately damaging our relationship with the Lord, our spouses, or other individuals. We must be on guard against the little foxes and catch them before it is too late and their damage is done. And if we take this into our marriage relationship, all it takes is one little fox to enter the marriage vineyard that doesn't get dealt with, and then another little fox creeps in. We don't deal with that one. And then another one from this it comes in, enters the gate of the marriage vineyard this way, and then now you've got a whole vineyard that's infested with foxes. I don't know if you call foxes an infestation, but I will. Okay? Um, so you have this infested marriage vineyard filled with foxes, and no one's catching them. No one's identifying them. You may even know they're there. But because we're not identifying them and catching them, Eventually, the blossoming vineyard that God has put together begins to spoil. And all it takes is one. And all it takes is one and then another that doesn't get deal with, dealt with. And then what you have are maybe a husband and a wife living in the same house, but they're miles apart. Why? 
often, there's many reasons, but often it's because we don't take time to catch the foxes in our relationship. And so here's what I want us to do this morning. This is where I want you to talk with each other with the people next to you. I know for some it might be a little awkward. That's okay. All right, that's okay. Here's what I want you to do at your table, not at your tables, at your seats. I want you to discuss some of the foxes that can creep into a marriage relationship and create distance between a husband and wife. Just take just a couple minutes with the people next to you. What are some foxes that can enter into a relationship, all right, into a relationship that can create isolation between a husband and wife? Talk about that. Just take a couple minutes. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I know that cannot always be the easiest thing to do, um, especially if maybe you came with a little argument in the car. All right, so that's not always an easy thing to do, but probably the best thing for us to do was to have you talk or maybe stare at each other silently. I don't know. My wife, Andrea, for those of you that are new, we've been married almost 22 years, and we want to share with you together some of some foxes, if you will, um, that we have seen or maybe even experienced ourselves in our own relationship, in our own marriage relationship. And this is a, the beautiful mom of my four kids, all right, and I'm blessed to call her my wife and blessed to call her the mom the mother of our children. Um, but the first thing, and you see there if you have a paper in front of you, the first real fox, and the first two that we're going to talk about are really all the other ones we're going to share kind of fall under these two categories, under these two. And the first one is our own sin. All right? The first fox is our own sin. Genesis chapter 3, 16 through 19, records for us that before sin it came into the world, the relationship between a husband and a wife was perfect. Can you imagine that? None of us know what that's like. We don't know what that's like, all right? But it wasn't until sin, when sin entered the world, sin entered the relationship between Adam and Eve, their marriage relationship, everything broke. All right, so it's our own sin that can be a fox lurking about our marriage vineyard, that sin of pride, self-righteousness, I deserve better. Does she know who I am? All right, does she know what the people at work think about me? Or does he, what, who, who does he think he is? All right, all this pride and maybe sins of our past that creep in. Could be things such as lust or greed or pornography, selfishness, self-righteousness, anger. There's just loads. I mean, you could just have a whole list of my own sin. And listen, the biggest and most ferocious fox that will creep in and spoil your marriage vineyard are the sins of your own heart. The sins of your own heart. The biggest struggle for me in my marriage are not her sins. They're my sins. That's the biggest struggle. In our marriage, is not, it, it, it's my own sin. Because when I start looking at her sin and going, man, look at what she did. That's pride. It's my own sin that's causing me to see that. And so the biggest fox in your marriage vineyard, if you will, comes from the fact that we are sinners our own sin. That's why we must continuously look to Jesus, the one who provides forgiveness from sin and replaces our sin with His righteousness. That's why you cannot have this kind of marriage apart from Jesus Christ. And so it's our own sin. One of those deep foxes that enter the marriage vineyard is the the fox of our own sin if you want to share anything that relates to that. So the second one um, that we see that enters the marriage vineyard is Satan himself, the devil. Again, these first two are really, everything else we're going to share with you falls under these two. 
All right, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, Paul writes, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here it is. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul reveals to us where the real battle in our marriages takes place. The real battlefield for our marriages is not your spouse. It's a, it, there's a different battlefield that Paul is telling us where we have to fight for our marriage. And the battlefield is a spiritual battlefield. He says we're not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battlefield. And the real fight is fought there. The real enemy is not your spouse. And even if you think they are, Jesus said, love your enemies so you have no out. None. None. But there's a real enemy that's trying to destroy what Jesus has put together. And we have to recognize that. And the, the enemy, the, Satan is a deceiver. He's an accuser. So when those lies start to come through your mind, that comes from him. Those accusations that maybe you deserve better or maybe she deserves better, whatever it might be. All that stuff comes from him and you have to identify that he's not just a fox. He's the biggest fox of all because Peter describes him as a roaring lion. That's who this enemy is. He's the one who gets you thinking that life would be better with someone else or without your spouse. He's the one that puts those thoughts into your mind that a little porn here or a little look here or a little flirting with that coworker isn't all that bad. That comes from him. And he's the real fox in all of this. And every fox that we're going to share from here on out really comes from his domain. And we need to understand that. Anything? Obviously, we've had many foxes, and I'm sure we'll continue to. Um, I just wanted to just that whole our own sin, just as a woman, an example, many times, has so much to do with my thoughts, my thought life. As um, When I begin to especially become unthankful or begin to become critical in my own mind or begin to, um, which is, of course, not believing that God somehow didn't give me who he wanted to give me, and that a lot of times it has so much to do with my own mind and where my mind is centered. So, of course, I have to go back to spending time in God's Word so that I can continue to get fresh perspective about how my mind should be thinking toward my husband um, and having that thankfulness or looking for ways that I can appreciate who he is, but also in those areas that maybe there really is a problem to pray for him and to continue to ask God to do the work in him, but continue to have the attitude of thankfulness and appreciation toward my husband. So it all starts in my mind first. Yeah, and we're going to get to later on, probably not today, but next week, look at how do you catch these foxes. Right now what we're doing is trying to identify, and this is not an exhaustive list, okay? These are just some of the things that we've seen or experienced in our own marriage relationship. But we're going to get to a point that's okay, let's identify them, but then how do we catch them? All right, we're gonna, we'll look at that. We probably won't get that to that today, but hopefully next week. Another fox that we see often is just neglect. Like with any garden or any vineyard, like we had this front flower bed. We did nothing to it for a year after a year filled with grass. We, we did nothing to it, and it just got, we, did, we didn't like go plant grass seeds, you know, so grass would, it just came. Like this stuff just grows everywhere. 
right? And that's what happens if you neglect your marriage vineyard. You're going to have this infested, weed, fox-filled thing, all right, that isn't intended the way God desires it to be. And neglect can be neglect of time together, neglect of prayer and spending time reading God's word together, can be neglect of being with the church, God's people, so you hear the teaching of God's truth and, and you have that support from God's people. I mean, all it takes is just a little neglect, just a little, right? And your garden can become this infested thing. And so you have to take intentionality around making sure that your marriage is focused on Christ. You personally are spending time with Jesus in the Word and your spouse, as we talked about that over the past couple of weeks. Um, fourth, Another fox that we see is isolating your marriage. Isolating your marriage. This is something that I see um, as we've counseled young couples, especially throughout the 20 years, 20 some years we've been married, is it's very easy for a newly married couple to just kind of isolate them and make their marriage an idol. They just kind of, where, like Romans 1.25 says, God, well, God created marriage and marriage is a created thing and it's easy for young couples, even we've been married, it doesn't matter if you've been married for five months or 15 years or whatever, it's easy to make your marriage an idol where now you're worshiping the created thing rather than seeing that your marriage was gifted to you by God so that you can worship Him. And it's something I remember having to tell a young man and, and um, a very good friend of mine, and we were at Starbucks, this was a couple of years ago, and he was telling me all this stuff about their relationship. I said, man, I think you're making your marriage an idol. I think that's why you're struggling. Some ways, but we do all. We spend all this time together. Well, are you spending time together in God's Word? Are you serving together as a couple? Are you with the church? He's like, not really. So you can make your marriage and not a good thing, right? The enemy can take a good thing and make it a bad thing if it keeps you from focusing on the right thing. You hear me? The enemy can take a good thing and make it a bad thing if it keeps you from focusing on the right thing, and that right thing is God, His Word, His people. Someone said this, John Comer, in his book, Loveology, he said, Marriage is a means to an end. It exists for something larger than itself. If the point of your marriage is your marriage, it will collapse on itself. Because marriage was not intended for you, (laughs) ultimately. Marriage was intended to bring glory and worship to the one who gave it to you. And so really, your marriage is a gift to you from God, or when God provides you the opportunity to be married, if marriage is something that He has for you, it's an opportunity for you to take that and to use it to bring glory and honor to Him. And when we don't, it becomes an idol. And the enemy then takes that and can use that to spoil your vineyard. Number five, another fox that we see in marriages today, especially social media, screen time. All right? Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, video games, Netflix, TV, smartphone, you name it. Screen time. Seen it. I've seen it personally destroy a marriage. First, I mean, I've seen it. Listen, messaging or internet or browsing may seem harmless, but it can and has led to emotional affairs where it can then lead to physical affairs. We're just saying guard yourself. Guard yourself. Someone said this, when one person uses social media excessively, this can lead to feelings of jealousy from their spouse, even if nothing inappropriate is actually going on. In turn, the jealousy can lead to monitoring of spouses' online activities. I've seen, I can tell you, I've seen firsthand where because one of the spouses was just addicted to their phone, 
and then some other things with coworkers, whatever, and God used that, or not, the enemy used that, and ultimately it was the thing the enemy used to, I think, bring, bring down their marriage. And listen, if your spouse approaches you and says, hey, I'm just, you need to get off your phone. Get off your phone. Please. All right, your marriage is worth it. All right, ultimately, it's not even about your marriage, but it's about honoring God. Listen, but I need to say this, the phone or the internet, that's not the problem our sin is because what you're trying to do is you're trying to sit, get something from the screen time, from the social media that only you can get through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the real problem is our sin because we're trying to get something from someone else, maybe someone you don't even know that you can't even get from them and the enemy is going to use that against us. Anything you want to share in relates well, to those yeah. things? Just even innocently enough... It can just be the amount of time that we spend with social media. And we've experienced that in our marriage, and I'm sure that's something that will always be a struggle. Um, It's just when you are engaged, obviously, you're not engaging with the other person. And you can truly, and I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this, sit next to each other on the couch and be not spending or engaging at all together which, therefore, you are isolating yourselves. You are becoming more involved in this world that is not connecting with that other person. And, of course, that's in all kinds of relationships. But um, so even in that is making sure that you are connecting and not using that social media just to continue to isolate yourselves from each other. And, again, we're not saying this stuff is bad, but it's things that the enemy can use to create this fox that enters your marriage vineyard that he can use to spoil it. Okay, so we're just saying guard yourselves big time. And these are things that you need to talk about if you're married this morning. or In some ways, as I said last week, if you're not married, you're in a really enviable position because you can take some of these things and lay a real solid groundwork if God brings someone to you to marry someday. But for those of us that are married, these are going to enter some really difficult conversations on Mother's Day, sorry, um, you know, as far as it relates to our relationship. But it's worth it because Jesus is worth it. And what he's brought together, he wants you to experience his best for your marriage relationship. So these are just foxes that we see. Another one is busyness. All right, and there's just a whole little parenthesis behind busyness, which can lead to laziness, which can lead to neglect for your relationship. It can lead to exhaustion, all these different things. Listen, we're often so busy with our jobs, two-income families, running the kids everywhere, and sometimes caring for everyone else's vineyard but our own. We spend so much time caring for everyone else's vineyard, their own other marriages, and we're doing all these things to help people, which is great, but our own gets neglected. And the enemy will even take something good, as I said, and he can take, make it a bad thing because it takes our focus on the right, off the right thing. And listen, if you're too busy to care for the own vineyard of your marriage, you're too busy. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something. And every time you say yes to someone, you're saying no to someone. And we've talked about that even as, as, mom, as mom and dad. It's every time we say yes to someone else, sometimes we're saying no to our kids as far as time spent, those kinds of things. All right, so you need to understand that. And we need to understand that busyness, the enemy can use that. And so just you've got to talk through that. What do we need to do? What do we need to do differently so we can give this the focus, Christ-centered focus that he desires for our marriage relationship? We're gonna, I'll give you one more, and then we're going to stop there. And we're going to pick up the rest next week. How's that for a tease? 
All right, so because of time this morning. The one I want to close on this morning is your kids, if you have children. Kids are great. I have four. All right, I love children. I love my four kids greatly. But it's very easy for moms and dads, with little ones especially, and even with older ones, to where your kids can become an idol in your marriage relationship. And they can become more important than you and your spouse. To where now you're spending all your time with the kids and you're not spending any time with one another. And I've said this before throughout this series, that one of the most powerful demonstrations of love you will ever show your children is the demonstration that mom and dad love one another. That's the best thing you could ever show your children. And to make that happen, you've got to spend time together. And it's okay to say, hey, mom and dad, we're going to go out on a date tonight, or we're going to go spend time together. Your kids may not like it. It's okay. Because what you're communicating to them is something very powerful, that mom and dad love one another, and if their love is secure, then we can be secure. And the enemy can take this child-centeredness where everything's focused on our kids and all this stuff, and you're neglecting the very thing that your kids need more than anything, and that's to see that mom and dad love one another. You want to say anything, Rad, to that? Well, I was just, um, just some small things. There's a lot of times where we have a, we've over the years developed a weekly time where we get together um, for lunch on Fridays or coffee or whatever, just so that we can, like, you know, talk and just get things off our chest and and connect but it's very funny how sometimes we get together and we sit and talk about the kids all the time and um or we'll talk about you know especially me because I'm home with them more you know all the problems or all the things that we need to work on or you know and I sometimes which are great because that needs to happen and he is the person that I want to share that with but I do find and I think this happens more on my end than on his end is that I can fill my mind my energy on more on my kids and how they're doing and how they're developing, how they're growing spiritually. And I find that I am using all of that energy instead of making him the priority and stopping to, to making sure he's being taken care of emotionally or that I'm pouring energy and directing that to him um, because he should be even more important than that. The kids are important, don't get me wrong. But just Foxes to watch out for, things to kind of keep checking. Okay, am I making my priority my husband? And then, and then the kids, um, they, they need to understand that this comes first. Um, so just little things to think about. And as we kind of wrap up this morning, it, it, it sounds so negative, because, right? And you're, I feel like here's Mother's Day, we're like, marriage is awful. Okay, <laughs> don't even, it's just, there's, it's just, man, there's so many foxes, you're toast. Sorry. <laughs> You know, and, and, but yeah, at the same time, I think it's important that we understand that we do need to guard this thing that God has put together because it's beautiful. And there's some great things that God wants to do through you and your spouse. And so as we talk about these foxes that can kind of creep in and, and damage our, our marriage vineyard, I want to leave you with this. There is hope, right? There is victory, there is strength. And, and if you have a Bible, go to the book of Colossians. This is one of my... Favorite passages of scripture, Colossians chapter 2, because it reminds me that um, those foxes that can enter our marriage relationship, their bite has been taken away. All right, and it's so powerful. Colossians chapter 2, 
verses 14 through 15, the Apostle Paul writes and he says, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And he's talking specifically about the demands of religion here, but I think there's so much here. He says, This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Listen, remember where the spiritual battlefield is? Or the battlefield for our marriage? It's a spiritual battlefield. Listen to what he writes. He, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities. And he's talking about the rulers and authorities in the spiritual realm. He's saying he disarmed them and put them to open shame. How? By triumphing over them in him at the cross. 1 John chapter 3, 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. See, the real enemy after your marriage is not the person that you might go home with today. All right? The real enemy is Satan and the devil. That's the enemy. And John tells us in 1 John 3, 8 that Jesus came and through his cross and through the empty tomb, he has defeated the foxes. He has given you victory over the foxes. And so the only way that you can have victory over the foxes is through Jesus Christ and looking to Christ and spending time with Christ daily and preaching the cross to yourself. And next week we're going to get into, okay, so here's the foxes. How do we hunt them down? We're going to look at that next week. But you need to know this morning that there is hope, there is victory, there is strength, and it comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And John wrote this. So if you're here and you know Jesus, husband, if you're here and you know Jesus, wife, listen, greater is he, Jesus, the Spirit of God in you, than he that is in the world. You have all you need. All you need within you through His Spirit, through the truth of His Word, through the truth of His church community, you have all you need to defeat the foxes that the enemy is trying to get into your vineyard. So this week we must continue to encourage one another and keep our eyes focused on the cross. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know this Jesus. Maybe you came in here and for whatever reason you haven't heard about Jesus like this, that He went to the cross to defeat the greatest fox sin and Satan. And so you maybe came here for whatever reason on Mother's Day, but you can leave here clean, forgiven with what you need to destroy the greatest fox in your heart, and that's sin and Satan. And the Bible says that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Paul said this in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's Jesus Christ, true human, true God, Coming in the flesh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, who this Jesus who came to us, died on a cross, bled our death on the cross, came up from the grave, empty tomb through the gospel, through looking to Christ and receiving Christ by faith, you too have the power of God to claim victory over the foxes, not only of your own heart, but in your own marriage. And it's through Jesus. So if there's one thing I want you to do this week, and we've been talking about homework every week, please. One thing I want you to do is I want you to look to Jesus this week. And there's some homework there. You see it listed. But I want you to go on. I want you to identify the foxes of your own heart in relationship with, in your relationship with Jesus and the foxes of your married, of your relationship as husband and wife. And as you do, would you please call out to Jesus and confess those sins to Him and then call out to Him to come and give you victory. Because through His cross, through His empty tomb, you have that victory. Let's stand together. To close this morning, thank you for being with us this morning. We have... Um, flowers for the moms. Listen, there is hope. There is victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus this morning. And we want you to look to Him. And moms, you need to look to Him. And we want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray specifically for the moms this morning. And then as I close in prayer, we're just going to dismiss everyone at that moment. Father, thank You. 
Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that we can go to a book like the Song of Songs and we can gather truth and principles to have a marriage that you desire for us. A marriage that honors you. And I thank you that you have not left us without the weapons we need to defeat the foxes that often try to creep in. You've given us your cross. You've given us the empty tomb. You've given us your Holy Spirit within us. You've given us the truth of your word. And God, I pray that we would go this week looking to you, looking for hope and not looking for it, but knowing that we have it in Jesus Christ. And God, I pray specifically for the moms this morning. Would you encourage them? Would you help them to know that they're deeply loved by you and that you have placed them specifically over their children so that you can receive the glory as they mother their kids? Lord, thank you for this time. We want to bring you honor and glory as we continue to live this day out. And it's in the name of Jesus I ask these things and pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. You guys are dismissed.